mile higher, homies. What up, homies? We is back, and we is excited. Clearly, yeah, we're we we're love some, podcasting, dude. I know we look forward to this every week. Yes. I swear, I'm always looking forward to you hopping on the podcast, dude. Me too. So talking fun. about some crazy shit. Yes, and today we are friends. Today we got a full plate of delicious content for you. <laughs> I, I just like shoved it up. <laughs> just shoved it up. I shoved the podcast up for you guys. <laughs> but before we get into all that juicy content, I would like to first say, hopefully you're seeing, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're seeing the new Mile Higher Podcast logo. Yes, it is way less janky I than love our last it. one. Well, it's not janky at all. It's awesome. We are so excited. The last one was janky. The last one was super. I mean, it wasn't that it was janky. It was just very basic. Yeah, like, it, was it wasn't immature. very professional. It was like totes made on like pick monkey or something. But yeah. we now have this one and I am obsessed with this. I don't know about you guys, but I, I love, love this logo. I can't wait to have this on merch for you guys. I'm sure you guys are going to want it because I was getting a lot I of comments it. about it. I want merch. I, I want, want it too. ASAP. I want a hoodie or a, or something yeah. with that logo. And we it's just sent awesome. out stickers to Patreon. So we're going to have to like, if we'll you do want another, a sticker, we'll probably do another just hit us up. refresh here Yeah. soon yes. with, when we get the new stuff. We don't yes. have any of the new stuff yet. Yeah. So, but oh, yes, cool. hopefully so you guys excited. like it. Yeah. And, and this was, do we mention Travis? What's his Instagram? Travis Ragsdale. Yeah. This At Travis Ragsdale. He is just a... A new homie of mine that uh, <laughs> I met. Shout out to you, Travis, for connecting me yeah. or uh, connecting with me because, dude, we, I was lost. I mean, I, when we got into this, I had no clue, you know, where to go for a logo. I didn't know who to contact or whatever. So I just got like some, you know, kind of cheap thing done. But Travis hooked it up. He created this. It's amazing. And thank you so much, bro. Really appreciate yeah. it. And Thank yes, you, Travis. Seriously, we love it. We'll put it. his uh, contact info in the description. So if you have any design needs, he does design stuff, but he also specializes in animations, which is really Ooh, cool. And he's good. He's really good. Look at yeah. his Instagram. It's really cool to watch. Yeah, his Instagram is, again, at Travis Ragsdale. We'll put it in the description. But thank you so much, homie. Appreciate it. Yeah, for real. And then uh, also, we also appreciate all of our patrons. As always, thank you to all you guys that are patrons. We really appreciate it. And a special shout out to our stellar patrons, Elizabeth B, Rebecca H, Chase C, Stephanie S, Jake C, and Jim W. Thank you guys so much. Yes, Seriously. Thank you. It's a big help to us. It's helped us put all of this together. And yeah, because we still are not monetized by YouTube. It's it's the craziest it thing. Is cr I can't believe We've that. We've been on it for 12 weeks now, dude. And we we that's how long, you know, ago we submitted. They said they're backlogged, and, which they told me we'll that see. in like January. And now it's almost I April. I don't even know. But it doesn't matter because we got your guys' support no matter what. Yeah. And obviously the patrons really help out. And we're just having fun. It's so fun. We it love is. to do this. It has been so fun. Yeah. I've been really enjoying it. Yes, me too. But today's question, patron question of the week, comes comes from Kat's <laughs> or Kate's 2005. That's just her uh, her handle. But it's hi guys, I love your podcast. If you could know the answer to one yes or no question about the universe, what would you want to know? If there's a point to this shit, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think that's like probably everybody's question if i got to meet like whatever is this whatever makes up you know the universe or controls it if there is something like that i would definitely want to know why i'm here yeah why what is this and i would want to know was it an accident or was this yeah exactly was this an accident but 
yeah like what's the point of me yeah. like am i what's the point of being this human being yeah. if what the fuck is any of this <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is reality how many universes are there yeah there's so many questions i could I'd go on, so, and on. I'd, I'd ask if there's like spirituality throughout the universe if that's even a thing or if it's just i don't know or I like had, what I'd, are the yeah. laws of life like what is the like yeah. just break down the structure of the universe yeah. for me and what it actually <laughs> you does. You know, just write for me us. like a little PowerPoint yeah. up. Yeah. So Do a little slideshow for me. <laughs> so the God. point of this shit is. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be okay. so funny. Well, that was a good question. No, that is a great question. Thank you, Kate. That's. Uh, that's I would a... also ask them if JFK was assassinated by the government. Yeah. But <laughs> seriously, though, I want to know so bad. And what happened to John Benet Ramsey? That, I'd want to know so lots questions. of things. <laughs> me too. People always ask me that, like, what is one thing? If you could, like, have the answer, what would you want to know? And I literally can't think of, like, I can't narrow it down. There's so many cases, so many conspiracies, so many mysteries. It all drives me insane. Oh, I know. <laughs> quietly I definitely slipping want... into insanity. <laughs> quietly slipping into insanity. <laughs> well, I learn about all these, like, crazy things for my job all the time. Right. It makes me a little... It's hard sometimes not knowing the answers to what happens and stuff. It does make you a bit crazy. We are a bit nuts, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> i mean we try not to be but you have to, i mean you have to question everything and once you yeah. start down this path of conspiracies and cover-ups and you know fake this fake that i mean it's it gets wild and at times you do find yourself even questioning whether or not you should be questioning this like yeah what you know is it is there a specific reason that i am questioning this or is this you know, not something I should be doing because everything's already been figured out. But I mean, obviously that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> obviously it's not true. But one other thing we wanted to talk about, which we talked about last week, is this whole Atacama humanoid little pretty much alien body that was discovered a while back. But last week we talked about um, the doctor that was actually doing the sequencing of the dna from this little body and i'll actually hopefully you'll be able to see it this time around and i'll try to do that going forward guys is put pictures in i understand that it's hard to like know what we're talking about if you can't see what i'm talking about so i'll put i'll put stuff up for you this episode and all the episodes going forward so but this body like we talked about last week this doctor dr gary nolan of stanford he basically presented his findings for what the DNA showed and basically determined that the body was a feet, just a human fetus. It was a woman. It was only 40 years old. And, um, she had all these genetic mutations. Yeah. And, and basically this kind of all started with Dr. Steven Greer's documentary Sirius is when he presented this finding of this body and he's Dr. Nolan is actually in the documentary with Dr. Steven Greer. Yeah. Looking at this, uh, running x-rays, doing all sorts of, uh, different tests on it and extracting DNA from it. So it's really wild that um, these findings are coming out from Dr. Nolan that completely contradict not only what he said previously um, or the stance that he had previously, but it's very odd that because, all right, I guess I'm getting ahead. Let me explain. Yeah, Sorry, I'm, say, I'm getting ahead. I feel like I, some people don't even know. The Atacama body is a alien or not an alien body, a unknown body unknown um, origin that's why i meant alien you know but because um, it looks alien but... right but uh it was found in the atacama desert in, in chile. chile and 
it was brought to Stanford and they did tests on it. And he, a few years ago, had a completely different response. So I'm going to play part of this for you so you can just hear. Um, sorry, it's going to be kind of choppy. And <laughs> oh, yeah, you want to hear? I just want to hear Dr. them Nolan's. to hear how confident Dr. Nolan was before and how much I really liked him. And and he just he just started with. Well, uh, I was going to okay, explain okay, the we'll other side that, real but let quick. Me, let me. Find 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 where you need to be there, and let me just okay. explain the other side so they understand the premise of okay. what we're going to show them. So, the whole debate now is that Dr. Stephen Greer, who is very involved with this body, believes that believes that um, the body there's no way to determine from the findings and from the from the information that Dr. Nolan came up with after supposedly sequencing the DNA, doing all of this genetic research. Dr. Greer doesn't believe that um, basically the evidence he presented is credible to support that this is a human fetus because Dr. Greer believes it's not a fetus. It's it's an unknown body of some sort. Could be extraterrestrial. Could just be maybe another species that was on the planet at one time that we don't know about or something along those lines. But he doesn't believe that there is any way this could be a human fetus. And he has a lot of different um, a lot of different evidence to support this. He's not just saying this. And, and if you Dr. Go, Greer's very smart. He's not hoaxy. He's he takes this really, really. And seriously. he's also a doctor. I mean, he's a mm -hmm. medical doctor. Yeah, he's, he's a, a doctor. He's not practicing he was a anymore. Trauma surgeon. But yeah. So Dr. Greer, he has basically come back and been like Gary Nolan has put forth a false falsified information about this body. There's no way possible that this could be true because basically Dr. Nolan's like, yep, it's not an alien. It's just a human fetus. Case closed. Let's move on with, with And life. he changed his mind a lot. Can I play this now? Sure. Okay. So it's going to be kind of a long clip, but it's just interesting to hear what he said about this in 2013. So this is Dr. Gary Nolan and Dr. Stephen Greer talking in the serious disclosure or serious documentary. If it is something interesting, right, let's say in the most interesting of all uh, Dr. Nolan. from a clinical standpoint, it's a human mutation, right? One of the things that could has to be answered because just a preliminary examination of this sample is that it is obviously older than just an aborted fetus, right? So a preliminary examination tells you that this is uh, a small human, perhaps, right, that has lived post-birth for a sufficiently long period of time that how do you explain how something six inches tall survived to any length of time uh, that would uh, allow for it to survive a hundred or a thousand years ago. In the most interesting and outrageous case, uh, it is something that is not human and not uh, primate, but still hominid. How do we explain a hominid that no, small? That's good. So the answer is, before we get too excited, uh, and spend too much Because he just goes on to, to say the other side of the things. techniques that Hang we on, use in the laboratory every single day to answer the question. Josh is rushing me along here. There are more than one of these. Mm -hmm. And if, if, if a second one were to be um, investigations into this region, then. Sorry. Right. Any <laughs> okay. ancient hominid, any modern primate, any. Thing that is known, so it's it's an unknown. So right. that's what discovery is about. And so, you know, the point I make to people is that we we'll let it go where it goes. Mm -hmm. and, this is Dr. Right. Greer. Follow the science yeah. where it takes you. And so, there's a great deal of research that has to be done. Uh, I, an expedition to do this properly would cost probably ten times more than it would cost to do this documentary. 
And we, if somebody wants to underwrite that, I'll be there with bills. The follow-on to this, after you do the genetic analysis, is an expedition to that Akamba Desert to mm -hmm. further right. do um, investigations into this region and uh, because of reports that there are more than one of these. Mm -hmm. And if, if, if a second one were to be found, that would be... Right. Well, if there's a second one, uh, then I think <laughs> all bets are off. So he was very... I mean, not convinced, but he was definitely um, more on the side of this is an uh, yeah. unknown specimen. We don't know what this yeah. is. And it's then not this a human year, fetus. he joins up with Tom. Yeah. Hang on. Let me <laughs> we'll get to that. OK, you love to jump ahead, but I have to explain this so that it makes sense. OK, Virgo. <laughs> There's an order to things. Okay? I know, but I, feel okay. like I can't naturally talk. <laughs> no, it's not. No, just trust me on this. <laughs> okay, all right? OK, I trust you. <laughs> So the findings he present, our uh, Dr. Nolan presented was that it was a human fetus and let's move on from his findings through all the genetics uh, research he did. So Dr. Greer came back and on Twitter has been very unhappy about this and very unhappy with Dr. Nolan because he believes this is completely bullshit basically, these findings that Dr. Nolan came up with. So Dr. Greer has tweeted from PhD, uh, from a PhD in genetics and a pioneer in DNA research, this is an individual that reviewed Dr. N a different individual that reviewed Dr. Nolan's findings. He said that once again, the credibility of that mummy article among professional molecular molecular biologists is very low because one, it sat out in the desert for a hundred plus years, and that's another thing is that Dr. Nolan in his findings said that that yeah. little body was only 40, 40 years old. Yeah, and before he said that it was way older. Well, he than said that. it was over a hundred years old, probably. Yeah. Oh my god! So he just like completely flipped. completely flip flopped. And then also the uh, mutations that they found are known as novel mutations, which are not found in medical databases. So they're basically like just bullshit genetic mutations they came up with. Yeah. Like they just came up with them. Yeah, exactly. They because like... it was unknown DNA that they were sequencing. Yes. Because the body had I think seven percent that a... was unknown completely. Yeah. And then Dr. Rear went on to, to point out that interestingly, from a medical point of view, most of those critical mutations, which Nolan cites, seem to be heterozygous or present on one chromosomal copy only, which would be unusual for real mutations of developmental significance. Because they, because the to Gary Nolan's finding, I'll link it in the description so you can go read the article if you didn't already. But the mutations that he came up with were all these bizarre genetic mutations that would actually. I guess explain the size of the body, the way it looks, and all these different things. Because the thing had all these weird, like less than uh, less ribs than we Ten have. Ten ribs. All these weird things, and he just chalked it up to these genetic mutations that just came out of nowhere. Yeah. And so Dr. Greer also said that ten senior PhD level scientists have commented on Dr. Nolan's paper and said it has faulty methods, no controls. And the conclusions are unwarranted. So basically, it wow. sounds like this is just bullshit. Wow. Yeah, he said four-day analysis of the paper by another expert showed no controls were done and that the paper should receive a zero rating from genome research. We need to protect scientific research's integrity and launch a full investigation into this. Wow. So this is huge. This that is, is huge. Huge accusations here, especially for somebody of Dr. Nolan's stature who is at Stanford. But what you were talking about, you want to explain? Oh, yeah. Um, Dr. Nolan. Dr. Nolan this year joined on 
if you listen to, I think our first podcast, we mentioned it, but he joined on with To The Stars, which is Tom DeLonge's company, and he was on the team, like the main team. So he, you With know. other, so to add to that, Dr. Nolan is now working with other ex-military, CIA, NSA, DOD, all these ex-government guys have joined forces with Tom DeLonge and his company To The Stars uh, Academy of Sciences and Arts. And basically, Dr. Greer believes that Tom DeLonge's company and Dr. Nolan, all these other guys are working for the government and kind of Which being the, yeah, kind of being sort of acting like they're going to release, like release disclosure on aliens and, and you all this technology that's been hidden from us, like anti-gravity, zero point energy, all these different things that Dr. Greer believes also but that they're going to basically falsify things and do it in a way that the government wants to at the pace they want it. So basically they're kind of associated with the bad guys from Dr. Stephen Greer's point of view, Mm -hmm. which we we're not saying that they are, we don't know. Um, I, we've both had our suspicions just because there's so many government people involved with it. And, um, Tom can never like fully tell all the information he knows so he's obviously being told like what he can say and what he can't say because if he if this was just like a free thing for him why wouldn't he just start saying like a bunch of stuff because if you ever hear him if you heard him on the joe rogan podcast that's really the most interesting place to uh hear about what he does just type in like joe rogan tom DeLong interview and you know he was he kept saying he couldn't I can't say that. I can't tell you. I can't. And if he like that just tells me they're telling him like what to say. Yeah. And and also he probably does know like they could like he does have like a secret clearance now, (laughs) I believe, and stuff, because a lot of these guys are top secret. They came from like one guy came straight from the Pentagon's UFO research program. So obviously that's going to be pretty much top secret. It was top secret. So, I mean, I'm sure he knows a lot of stuff that is does he's he does have clearance or the ability to talk about because yeah. it's still classified. No, totally. But, and I'm like, but a yes, a lot of it is. He's, a, fan, so. he's definitely in a lot of people's eyes. They think he's being used as a puppet kind of, kind of like mm-hmm. the face of the government's. But UFO not that he's like in program. on it. Like in my opinion, if that's true, he's not in on it. I love Tom. I've followed. I I've do been too. A fan I'm a big Tom fan of Tom. Since early high school. I, I would be shocked. Actually, he's so down to earth and mellow. He would not like, do anything bad so if anything maybe he's being a little naive but you know maybe we're wrong we could be completely wrong dr greer could be wrong that's the thing josh and i try there's so many different sources and different people to look to for information and josh and i just try to stay you know kind of skeptical but open-minded to all of it and you know that's the best way to be because at the end of the day it's like we don't know we don't know whether or not something is true or not i mean i don't know i go based upon what other people tell me like what dr greer tells me what you know, to the stars tells me all these different sources tell me. And then I guess it's really up to the individual to make up their mind on whether or not, you know, you believe one or the other, or maybe you believe parts of each, but it is a very, it's a tough road to walk for sure. It is Cause there's so much out there. That's just totally trash. So, so I guess we'll have to wait and see. It sounds like Dr. Greer is going to try to push for another, you know, probably another independent, you know, researcher to to work on the DNA uh, sequencing to actually see if we can really figure out what. Pretty it sure is. the body already left the country though. It's like already back somewhere else. Yeah, I don't I don't know where it is right now, but yeah. it is interesting because they did find a similar looking body. I don't know when, but in Russia, there's another body out there that looks similar to it. So 
it's weird that there's these little why things. would that fetus like grow arms and legs doesn't like make any the sense and, and dr nolan said that that it's had the structure of a six to eight year old but it was six inches tall six inches tall dude there's some fuckery going on there's with something that. weird going on i mean it could just be a really really mutated human of some sort but why yeah, and how yeah but the other thing that we wanted to talk about before we jump into the juicy true crime story today is <laughs> juicy sorry i, I um, that's probably not the right word <laughs> but <laughs> yeah but just this week actually an article came out um on huffington post about an American Airlines pilot who reported a UFO with a big reflection at 40,000 feet over Arizona. He said something just passed over us. Think about that for a moment. I'm going to play the radio, uh, the radio communication. Oh, shit. It's I haven't cool. even heard it yet. It's re- I mean, it's, it's not that it's that cool, but it's interesting to hear. Like, a, imagine being on that yeah. flight and being like, my pi- the pilot's on the radio. Like, hey, yeah. there's a UFO that just basically passed over us or an unknown yeah. object. So here we go. Let's see. 40,000 feet. 0.3.8 for flight level 250. American 1618, Albuquerque Center. Albuquerque Center, good afternoon. American 2605, level 350. Let's place American 2605, Albuquerque Center. Albuquerque, 5.3, 240, 250. And Executive 523, Albuquerque Center. American uh, Dude, that is. I love that. I love it too. That is so cool. That is juicy, my friends. Yes, that is juicy. No, I mean, that's the thing is when he said something just passed over us, because the the only options there are for what the object was, was either military craft of some sort, which is possible. Yeah, what's a Google balloon? A Google balloon is like a weather balloon or like for Google Earth type thing. But it's like, I don't think the Google balloons fly in the, like, fly, it sounded like this thing was flying fast in the opposite direction uh, at 40. I thought it was hovering. No, he said it's flying past. Oh. He said it's a shiny object that just flew overhead of us three or 4,000 feet above them. And they're already at 40,000 feet. So really, there's just a balloon hanging out at like 45,000 yeah. feet. Yeah. What? Flying, in, flying no. near an aircraft. No. That's the thing is, 
the FAA has has come out and said that they 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 admit they we have no idea what it is because if it's military, we know it's in the air. They would know that there's another airplane or military craft in the air. Or even if it was a weather balloon or a Google balloon, they still like you can't. It's the same reason you can't just like put a drone in the air. And I mean, it could be a drone, but there's no way a drone could go 40,000 feet for one. Yeah. <laughs> it's impossible. And I'm pretty sure they'd have record of like where they are. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing is the air traffic controllers literally know what's yeah. in the air around them. Exactly. I was going to say, yeah. So this 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 bright shiny object flew over them in the opposite direction. Hmm. I wow. think I mean I think it's a legitimate UFO. I think it's totally whether it's be. extraterrestrial or maybe even Our you own, know just military like or something. Us. Yeah. But it's like why why would they do that? Why would they fly so close to a an air like a passenger airline? Yeah. That doesn't make any Dude, sense. They would they wouldn't do that. I wouldn't think. That's crazy. And on on radio, somebody somebody just chimed in UFO. One of the pilots, one of the co-pilots, you were hearing the pilot in the control tower talking oh, like, wow. yeah, something passed over us. And then they're like, what was it? They're like, is it the air traffic guy was yeah. like, is Google it the balloon? balloon? Yeah, no, UFO. no. He's like UFO, dude. Just think about that. I'm wearing my I want to believe shirt. I'm going to cross this out and be like, they're fucking here. <laughs> <laughs> they're fucking here flying over our air. Oh Imagine how often, though. They're just flying around up there. Oh, I know. When well, we're on airplanes. Josh and I actually live like near the airport. So we see like little lights in the sky all the time. <laughs> I know it's hard not to be like UFO. Dude, I can't tell you how many times I have thought there was like a UFO and I've gotten all excited and it's definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's interesting, man. Wow. It's just I, I'm telling you that we're seeing more and more of the these occurrences. Yeah. Of UFO Seems occurrences. Like so maybe is there a reason behind that? Um, I don't know. Maybe Coming soon. Yeah, let's hope. That's crazy though. That I love that. It just blows my mind. We're just flying around while we're traveling through the air. I'm sure pilots see UFOs all the time. I'm sure there's if we went to like the FAA and we're like pull your records for every reported UFO. unidentified oh, sure flying object. I'm sure it's a lot. a lot of reports. I bet there is. Yeah. That's craziness. But I just wanted to share that with you guys if you didn't hear about it because. It's really cool and it's like solid evidence. I mean, it's like pilots on a flight reporting you don't make this. Make that up. No. You like lose your job. No. Can't be like <laughs> Well, lying that's about live. Yeah. That's live talk with the air traffic control. Wow. That's God, cool. That's so fascinating, dude. I'm telling you, we're going to see some really cool shit happen in our lifetime. Yeah. Feels like it. I feel like we're going to either have our own UFO technology or like, you know, flying saucer type situation yeah. situation but enough of that <laughs> enough of that alien ufo talk today's true crime true crime is a we good are, one yes we're so excited about this this is really interesting this is the disappearance the appearance the disappearance of denise huskins very interesting case yes and it's the press called this case sort of the real kind of the real life gone girl kidnapping yeah because it really is has some similarities to the gone girl movie yeah if you haven't seen that which is a very uh, which is we'll explain more about that later but it's a very interesting movie um about a kidnapping but anyways so the denise huskins case takes place in march of 2015 on mar island which is located about an hour north of san francisco 
in the city of Vallejo, California. Shout out to anybody that lives in Vallejo. I'm sure there's somebody. <laughs> but Vallejo, or the neighborhood that they lived on on Mare Island, uh, Denise Huskins. So this case is Denise Huskins and Aaron Quinn is also a part of this case, who's her boyfriend. And they lived in a house in, in a nice neighborhood on this Mar Island. It was a low crime area. It was just very suburban, nice colonial style homes. And this is crazy. But on March 23rd, 2015, at three in the morning, 30-year-old Aaron Quinn and his girlfriend, Denise Huskins, who's 29, were awoken by a flashlight, a bright light aimed at their eyes and the electrical popping sound of a stun gun. Dude, that is so scary. Can, Can you, you imagine that? Dude, I can't I'd be even... like so screwed up. I don't even know what I would do. If you got awoken and there was just somebody like standing over the bed with clearly a gun and yeah. a bright light in your eye. Oh my God. That must have been so terrifying. Well, like, can you imagine? Like, I'm sure it was even worse because like if you've been asleep for hours and then there's a bright light in your face, I'm sure your eyes like can, it's probably so it's slow. It's blind. You're straight You're up blinded. You can't blinded. even see who it is, I bet. Yeah. Oh, that would be so scary, dude. That is my worst nightmare. And this intruder was masked and actually wearing masked. a wetsuit. <laughs> What so did I say? Masked. 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 He was masked up. <laughs> and he was armed with what looked like a handgun with like a laser sight as well. He had like a laser too. A laser thing. And that'd be terrifying. I'd be like, I'm about to get shot. Yeah, I would think it was like some... About to get murdered. Me, I would think they're like coming for me, the CIA. Seriously. And this intruder ordered them to lie face down on the bed and then secured them with zip ties and placed swim goggles over their eyes. <sighs> which the lenses of the swim goggles were taped over so they could serve as blindfolds. That's just Jeez. weird and terrifying. I just yeah. feel like, what the fuck is going on? They, didn't they took all precautions. Yeah, and this is interesting. This mass intruder took Aaron's and Denise's blood pressure and then put headphones over their ears to play soothing music with a pre-recorded voiceover, Ugh. which advised them to remain calm and to comply with all instructions. If they didn't cooperate, the police said, or I'm sorry, the voice said their faces would be cut. That is so, so scary. You get woken up. You're you're already scared because you you literally have no idea who's in there about to kill you pretty much. And then they do that to you. And I mean, I, it would just completely shake you to your core. I mean, oh, yeah. I can't, I'm sure you're just like. I'm about something like this is going to end. Oh, I, I can't even imagine the fear. I'm sure it's something we neither of us have ever felt. Oh, I'm sure. I, I mean, I've I've been scared. I've had like a panic yeah. attack before yeah. where I that was probably the scaredest I've ever been. Mm -hmm. And I really thought something bad was going to happen. And that yeah. feeling is just it's not a feeling I ever want to have panic again. It's yeah, feeling. it's panic. Yeah, exactly. The panic must yeah. have been unreal. Yeah. And what's even creepier is that the intruder already knew a lot about Aaron, uh, the boyfriend. He knew his name, where he grew up, where he banked. And so in this blood pressure cuffs on them too yeah that's so weird yeah it's like just he was such like, a... wanted to make sure he didn't scare them too bad <laughs> or like kill them maybe yeah. it was like maybe she... to keep their blood pressure in check case like one of them yeah that's what i mean he didn't want to like scare them so bad that he he killed them because he didn't want to kill them no no this was a bizarre blend of physical robbery and identity theft yeah because he demanded aaron's checking account and credit card numbers his wi-fi password as well as the passwords for his laptop and oh email accounts so scary 
I wouldn't even be able to think. I'd be like, I have like, no blah, 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 fucking blah, blah, idea. I don't yeah. even know any passwords. Like what password? Dude, yeah. I'd be so scared. Oh my God. And oh, after guys. the intruder got done interrogating, Aaron was drugged with some sort of like NyQuil yeah, sedative like some, type thing. Like some lean. Yeah, it looked like just lean, but I'm sure it was not lean. I'm sure it was. No, like, it was like cough syrup. Or it was something. cough syrup, but I'm sure it had something in there to really like. Because cough syrup doesn't like drug you up that much. Oh, yeah, it does. Enough I mean, it. I guess if codeine? he gave you a. Yeah, I guess codeine, a lot of it. Never mind. Yeah. That would actually be bad. I'm pretty sure that's what it was, just like lean. Because, yeah, they didn't mention anything else. So he, Aaron was left drugged in the kitchen underneath the eye of a webcam that the intruder had taped on the ceiling. Dude, this guy thought of everything. Thought through it completely. Jeez. So that he could keep an eye on Aaron after he took Denise. And it's so creepy. He put a, a tape around him, a square of red tape, and told him he couldn't leave that area. Yeah, that's a good note. Yes, exactly. That's wild, man. Yeah. Probably because he knew that's how far the webcam could see. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, he's I'm like, going to don't put... leave this area. Yeah. And he did it. Yeah. No. Well, he's like, I'm going to kill Denise. Basically. Yeah. yeah if yeah. you attempt to call the police or do anything. To, yeah. To and escape. I'm watching you. Basically, and he's watching dude. you. He's like, I'll see you and I'll I'll kill your girlfriend. So in Aaron's email inbox was a message from the kidnapper sent from his own account, ordering him to take $8,500 from his checking account and await instructions on delivering the ransom. Because the intruder got his email password, he then used Aaron's own email account to do that. That's so, it, in order to like kind of, to leave no yeah. traces. The whole thing is to leave yeah. no trace. Yeah. And that makes it look like sketchy on his part, on Aaron's right. part. He thought through, he literally thought through this very so well in well. order to... It, it's seeming like he wants to pin this on Aaron. Yeah. The the kidnapping is Aaron's fault and the police will go straight to Aaron. Yeah. Because she disappeared and it's, you know, all he has all the sketchy evidence. I don't know if he was planning on that, though. Yeah. I mean, he may been, not have. But... might have just been kind of coincidence yeah. that it ended up like that. But the email also reminded Aaron not to call the police. And obviously that the kidnappers, that's an, that's an important thing to note. Kidnappers were watching his every move. So he's being watched, can't go anywhere, don't call the police. But Aaron called the police anyway. Great. It took a while before he did, but eventually, because he was like, if I make that call, she dies. Yeah. So, yeah. So he, yeah. That's a tough call. Like, would you do it? I, I don't even know if I would do it for you because, like, you don't know if that person's, <laughs> yeah, gonna, telling you the truth. Telling you the truth. Because what yeah. if they don't? And it doesn't yeah. work out well for you. I know. Yeah. That, that's really that's hard. Tough. That's tough. I'd a, love to know what you guys think of that, like in the comments. Um, that's a psychological. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mindfuck. Like, what do you do? You love know. the person. You don't want. But at the same time, it's like don't they might kill box. them anyway if yeah. I don't. So do I, I take the help. chance? Yeah, that's so crazy. I, be I bet eventually he got like starving too and thirsty. You can't leave the boss. Seriously. And how he didn't say how long he had to be there or, no. or anything. What was he just going to be there forever? His, yeah. Wow. Especially if he wasn't caught. Like, that's crazy. But Aaron caught, decided to call the police anyway, and that's when they, uh, the police started a massive search on Mar, uh, Mar Island in order to look for Denise and try to find her. And fearing the worst, the police also deployed divers and sonar boats to scour the surrounding waterways. 
So at this point, they they the police seem like there's definitely foul play going on here. You know, yeah. she didn't just like go away on her own will, and we got to find her. We got and it seems like they're already alluding that she might be dead. Mm-hmm. That Denise might be um, dead at this point. Well, when you deploy divers, you definitely are, you know, saying that she could be for sure. Because you're not going to find someone alive. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, that'd be crazy if you did. But yeah, you're usually in that scenario. They're looking for a body. Yeah. And what's interesting about this case is that the kidnappers that demanded the ransom never followed up on the ransom, which the ransom was only $8,500, which was exactly what he had in his. So basically, the kidnapper also locked into his bank. It makes sense. He's totally like. Didn't that remind Lining you of the JonBenet Ramsey case, though? Yeah, yeah. Because the kidnapper in that asked for one hundred eighteen thousand exactly. dollars, which was the exact amount that oh, he had. Oh no! Don't don't fuck with me like that. No, for real. It just I didn't even makes think about think. that till right now. Because the reason they found out that this person did it was because they knew that was amount that he could actually pay. Unless it's some, unless it's a rando that hacked them or somehow got his info. Yeah. This is a random tangent about John Bonet, but that is so interesting to think about because if it's been done, yeah, now, like now, well, like wouldn't like, you like? Because we were like, well, why wouldn't they ask for so much more? The Ramses were so rich, right? Well, maybe they wanted to make sure it was the amount that they could give them without getting the police involved, because this guy, uh, Aaron, eighty five hundred dollars he can afford, and so the guy figured, you know, maybe what he I won't can... go to the police. He'll just give, give it to the me. money. If I'll you don't give... have the money. What is your other option? You have to go to the police. No, that's a that's an excellent point. So that maybe, this is yeah. an actual like situation that they really want it to work out. The kidnapper yeah. wants this deal to to pan out. He doesn't want to kill anybody. He wants his ransom, and he's going to go yeah. on his way, and he'll deliver the goods, kind yeah. of thing. A real ransom. A re- yeah, a real, <laughs> a real yeah. ransom that like never happens. Yeah. And in the John Bonet case, yeah, well, that definitely makes me think about it. For makes sure. you think like, hmm. Yeah. Could have been them being because framed. Aaron or... looked this all started to look really sketchy to the police, as you guys probably are guessing, because your girlfriend just disappears in the middle of the night. You were like the whole story sounds crazy because have as have any of you heard of this anything like this happening to anybody? Like it's just all you know, the the goggles and the red tape. It just and sounds like it just is like a movie. Too well thought out. Yeah. Most crimes are not that well thought out to the those details. Right. To that detailed level. Yeah, and I think... And um, he had it set up like a movie, like a straight-up like movie or something. Yeah. And at this time, the police have got Aaron down at the station, and they're they're questioning the hell out of him. Like, he's literally yeah. suspect number one. Yeah, because it does look weird. Because they don't they're believe like, him. They're oh, like, oh, wow, what, how convenient this kidnapper knew that you had $85,000. I mean, sorry, $8,500. <laughs> yeah, $8,500. It's like, really? Why would it... That's so low for a ransom, it is. dude. Pick a better person to kidnap <laughs> not sorry, that sounds, but like that just no, seems like an odd choice to like go for from some a criminal's perspective that, why would you they're not why wealthy. would you risk so much for so little yeah, exactly that's what i'm trying to say that's as odd. a criminal that's a lot normally it's of wealthy risk. people that get kidnapped. life in prison or eighty five hundred dollars yeah which would you choose mm-hmm. yeah this kidnapper said i want my eighty five hundred bucks that's crazy but aaron is actually the suspect at this point and police are questioning him at the station. And these dumb, I'm sorry, these dumb cops. Not um, that all cops are dumb either. Please do not take <laughs> us wrong. Don't run me apart for that. But Seriously, because we actually love I, a lot of police No, officers. I do. <laughs> I respect, I have a lot of respect for police. But, but there are ones, a lot, just like any job out there, there's, there's people that ones. suck at their job. 
Yeah. And yeah. unfortunately, that happens with police departments. Mm -hmm. And so while they're questioning Aaron, they've got his cell phone locked up as evidence and on airplane mode. This dude just came and said, my girlfriend was kidnapped. I'm going to be getting a ransom call or a ransom text or something to deliver the ransom package or the, yeah. the reward or, or the the money. So, yeah. yeah, it was on airplane mode. What kind of cops would do that? Wait, I'm confused. What? While Aaron was at the police station, they took his phone from him on... and put it on airplane mode, even though he told them like, yeah, that oh the kidnapper God. was supposed to like reach him that way. What the fuck? Yeah. So the cops were that convinced straight off the bat that Aaron was most likely involved in Denise Huskins' disappearance. <laughs> Just jumped to the conclusions and took his stuff. So, yeah. When it, and what ended up happening was... He the he actually missed two phone calls, which were later traced to an anonymous burner phone. So he got calls while the while his phone was off mm -hmm. that could have potentially, you know, been a way to potentially save her if she was in danger or something like to figure out what the status of Denise was. And for those of you who don't know what a burner phone is, it's basically a really cheap, shitty cell like phone that's only phone. used for like a couple times. And then they normally like. It it's out. like one of those prepaid phones. It's just yeah. uber cheap, like 40 bucks, and it's the prepay. And what ended up happening is that on March 24th, a San Francisco Chronicle reporter received a proof of life email from the kidnappers with an audio file attached. The audio file played, my name is Denise Huskins, in a woman's voice, I'm kidnapped, otherwise fine. That's so scary. And then with no ransom paid, Denise suddenly turned up alive 48 hours after she was kidnapped 400 miles south at a family member's house in Huntington Beach, California, which is where she's actually from and her family lives. The guy got tweaky about it. He probably figured that he went to the police. He's like, oh, I got to get I got to get rid of her then. Well, and another thing, too, is like he actually kind of talked to her and got to know her a little bit. Uh, one of the kidnappers did. And. Yes. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she got to know the kidnapper and the kid or one of the kidnappers and they kind of developed a relationship as far as what she's told us. And yeah, I was just asking Josh, I wanted to make sure I had my memory right about this, but he, he did sadly rape her. Yeah. She was um, raped twice during her time in poor girl. captivity. So sad, but I mean, thank God she's alive. Uh, so, yeah, it turned out it turned out good because she wasn't, yeah. you know, didn't no one died. Dead. Yeah, and She's she she was returned case. relatively safe safely. I mean, she wasn't like battered or bruised or beaten up, like yeah. clear obvious signs of trauma or he didn't like torture abuse. her or something, right? But and he did rape her, which is twice. Yeah, probably just as bad. He yeah he raped her and filmed it. <sighs> and I think yeah I think there was footage of it. Oh my god. Which is disgusting. So scary. But after she was found, she of course told the police, the Vallejo police, that the kidnappers had driven her there and released her. And she also told the police at this time that she had been raped and sexually assaulted. But the Vallejo Police Department had already formed their own theory about the strange events that happened. And when Denise was slow to submit to further questioning, the cops decided to just go public with it. So Denise, of course, after this traumatic experience, doesn't want to do questions help right the police. The police did nothing to help her. And she finds out, obviously, that Aaron's been 
questions yeah, and all this. Yeah, he was probably like, don't talk to them. They've been like accusing me of taking. They of think I it. did this or that yeah. this was a setup. Yeah. At first, I think they thought he murdered her and set this whole thing up to, to make it look like a kidnapping. That was the conclusion. It seemed like they went And with. honestly, dude, if I had like looked at this whole thing before she came out, I, I may have thought that like it was pretty crazy. This whole story. Absolutely. It did feel a little hoaxy for sure. Absolutely. So Denise, of course, like was like, fuck you guys. I don't want to answer your questions. And of course, for the police, that just kind of raises their suspicions. And they came out in public and the Vallejo police said they accused her and Aaron of making the whole thing up. And this is what they said. They said today there is no evidence to support the claims that this was a stranger abduction or an abduction at all. Such trash that they did this. We should actually just quickly play the. Um, let me see if I can find it real fast. Okay. And then he also so we'll play it for you here in a sec. This is the lieutenant or uh, lieutenant working on this case. What is it? It's N- Denise. Denise Huskins. Huskins. And he also said, given the facts that this is, or given the facts that have been presented thus far, this event appears to be an orchestrated event and not a kidnapping. Even though the victim is literally telling them, "I was kidnapped and raped." They're like, given the facts and this present situation, this is this is a fake, or uh, this was an orchestrated event. It was fake, and not a kidnapping. Just jumping to conclusions again. Uh, I can't find the. Never mind. That's all right. It's not that interesting. The guy's yeah. a little fucker. <laughs> well, yeah, that's pretty. That's really mean. I just I cannot imagine this. They have been through so much. I mean, this guy was. I'm sure it meant the mental torture he went through, not knowing where she was. Well, the abduction was traumatic enough. Yeah. Then and you're then, held under, like, yeah. against your will. For, not knowing what's going to happen to you. Not, yeah, not knowing. Raped. And then you get out, and the police tell you, oh, we think you made this up. Yeah, you're lying. I would be. I'd be like, living. fuck you, dude. Yeah, seriously. You don't know what I just went through. Yeah, I can't believe that. I. <sighs> trash, dude. Trash. And, and the police literally said that because. She didn't look like a kidnap victim or somebody that had been abducted and sexually assaulted. They just decided not to believe her. Didn't she get like a rape kit at the hospital or anything? I believe she did. Yeah. I believe they did confirm she was raped, though. Yeah. But later that same night that they had that initial news release, the Vallejo police held a press conference, which just flat out blamed the victims. And they said that the fact that we've essentially wasted all of these resources for really nothing is really upsetting, said Lieutenant Kenny Park. Because it is it is really expensive to do a, to search do a full like search, especially when you bring in divers that gets pricey. All I mean, it's just expensive. These are the fucking taxpayer dollars. Yeah, though. this is what this you're is what here you to pay do. for. Oh, my God. Sorry, we wasting your resources. This was an actually important thing to do. Yeah, and you know what's so fucked up about it is there it wasn't a waste. She was actually kidnapped. she was yeah, and that's the biggest fucking thing about this. Oh, is how that offensive! They fucked up so bad. The Vallejo Police Department failed miserably on, on March twenty fifth, yeah. two thousand fifteen. Bad, super bad. And because the police is is spewing this story, the media is going to pick it up yeah. and believe it's fact. Yeah. And then pump that out everywhere. And this thing blew up and became extremely popular. And and even Nancy Grace, good old oh, Nancy Grace. Dude, leave it to her. Said, is Denise Huskins a real life gone girl like the movie? 
Who fakes her? You can even hear it in her voice. Who fakes her own kidnap for her own motives? Dude, she is. Nancy Grace is. I'm sorry. I actually really used to like her because I used to that when I first really got into true crime, it was from the Casey Anthony case. And I watched a ton of Nancy Grace because she was all over it. And she just always said, like, there's a where is video coming out next week. And Nancy Grace has just flat out accused these parents of killing their daughter and then staging it as a kidnapping. These poor parents. And, and like she's so the way that she's so sure she about takes it when there's the no evidence. Side a lot. Yeah. Oh, and for prosecutor sure. side. She's well, very she takes much the most scandalous route. Whatever's the most interesting yeah. and deep. And she just doesn't fact check very well. <laughs> and yeah, she did the same thing in the Lacey Peterson case. She was so biased. That case is so biased. But anyway, now we're getting off track again. <laughs> Nancy Grace. What else about her? But she compared Denise Huskins to the Gone Girl movie, and that's partly why this oh, got so popular. So mad if I were. Which is about, if you haven't seen the movie, is about a woman that sets up her own kidnapping to make it look to like make her it look like her husband killed her. killed her. Right. Yeah. So, and obviously, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't even really seem that. I think there's like there's way more evidence, way more sketchiness to this than. You know, just some flipped over chairs or something like just the basic. fact that they jump to these conclusions like that for a possible kidnapping victim and rape victim is terrible. Yeah. And so the kidnappers are like, this is a national case now. Mm -hmm. And the police is conclusion that it was set up and it was the, yeah. you know, the victims. They're like, hell yeah, we got her. We got away with it. Yeah. I mean, they didn't get the money, but I don't think, but they but got away with it. He ended up wanting credit for it. Oh, he did. He, he he was mad that they were getting credit for the kidnapping and they were getting credit Which for he sends, setting up the hoax. Send some more stuff here to so thank God pump he, it up. He was had this ego because if he didn't, they he probably could have gone, got away with They it. may have gone to jail or or whatever. Yeah, I don't know what they were planning to do to them, but and because of exactly what you, uh, exactly what you just said, the perpetrators used internet anonymity. Uh, I can't say this word anonymity anonymity is that uh, right dude i don't know anonymous. anonymous tools to send a series of emails to the press and the police protesting denise huskins innocence and expressing remorse over the crime oh my god he was probably like oh all i wanted to do was make 85 well <laughs> yeah. i guess he did rape her so but well, um i bet that that probably wasn't he, he definitely didn't want to kill her or, like ruin her life i feel like maybe no. he started feeling guilty like oh my god like First, I kidnapped her, I raped her, and then now she's getting blamed for it and might get in trouble. Yeah. So, the, and these guys are smart. They know how to use these anonymous online tools in order to, because you can send emails anonymously with no trace back to the actual people. Yeah. And they sent an email to the San Francisco Chronicle reporter, Henley Lee, which said that we are three acquaintances, two of us college graduates who followed a path we did not think we would lead to such a horrific crime. We began as occasional car thieves, progressed to an organized auto theft operation, diversified into burglary, and eventually settled on kidnapping for ransom as a means of making money enough to retire from criminality. So this is a very smart, well-thought-out email that was sent anonymously to the Chronicle reporter. Interesting. And the email fantastically detailed an account of how three men turn from a legitimate employment into a life of crime. And they started out as auto thieves. They boosted luxury cars 
from upscale Bay Area neighborhoods and sometimes used RFID sniffers to wirelessly clone keys, which if you don't know what an RFID sniffer is, it's a hacker tool that allows hackers to create a duplicate car key of, of cars that have yeah. fobs. Yeah. Yeah. And they're able to create new fobs and then steal the cars. Dude, they, wow, that's so interesting. High-tech thieves here. Yeah, they were like skilled, smart thieves. And so they actually adopted Mar Island as a base of operations, and they used the abandoned buildings at the southern end of the peninsula to store and process the cars that they stole. They said the email that also said that we had IP video surveillance, game cameras, a full electronic perimeter, you name it. Even a drone, a multi-thousand dollar custom drone, not a kid's toy. We got good at using it on the island. And if you can fly a drone in that wind, you can fly it anywhere. And there was some industrial manufacturing activity in the eastern portion of the island at night that masked the drone's sound. So they had a extremely well thought out planned techie operation going on here so between all the cameras and a drone, drone yeah. which they were going to use to go get the ransom. And that's money. why this was Fly. so expertly pulled off too. Like the, he left no, no if trace. He hadn't have tried to get some credit for this. He would have gotten away with well, it. Well, It wasn't even that he left his phone. That's how they really cracked it. Oh yeah. Well, duh. Cause yeah, I mean, just the email, I don't think you can decipher who wrote it right. from what yeah. he said. Yeah. And this email went on and on for thousands of words describing the criminal's migration through successfully darker and more serious crimes to now this kidnapping for ransom, which was a trial run, they said, for abductions of future wealthier victims. So they're literally just practicing. Like, this was practice round. They're going to start small, build up, so that they got they perfected it, and then go get the big fish, you know, yeah. go get the big fish. I was going to say, why would you kidnap these randos? But it, I mean, it kind of makes sense because like you have a better chance of getting away with a, you know, a lesser known person. Yeah, that's true. And the email, so the email is just literally s describing their whole operation to now investigators, like what they are, <laughs> what they're doing, but it's still For such anonymous. They don't know who wrote it because it could be anybody. It could be anybody that just yeah. write this email. You can't trace it. Mm mm. And they said that they wore wetsuits to avoid leaving DNA evidence. So, smart. So Makes smart. Sense. Why don't, I mean, I'm surprised more people don't do that. Yeah, like, dude, I bet people are copying them. And that they eventually planned to accept ransom in the form of diamonds, picking them up via one of their drones. They're going to have like a whole little operation going on in his, like in their head. Diamonds. Get interesting. diamonds. Wow. That's interesting. And because they wanted investigators to believe that they were, in fact, the ones that took Denise. They sent a photo of the room where Denise Huskins had been held and pictures of some of the equipment used in the crime. They literally snapped pictures of it as, sent evidence. To them as evidence. Wow. They delivered all the evidence. They're literally like waving it in their face. Be like, hi, you can't find can't, you can't catch find me. It. I'm the yeah. gingerbread man. <laughs> and so like the original proof of life message. Efforts to trace the new emails just didn't happen. It's yeah. impossible. Yeah. And the author boasted that he was using Tor as well as other anonymizing precautions that would withstand even an exploit or an exploit called the egotistical giraffe exploit, which is a reference to an NSA de-anonymizing technique, which we found out about through Edward Snowden leaks. 
So he was highly advanced, was obviously trained in the art of hacking to some extent because he knew about Tor, which is the anonymous internet and how you access the dark web. And he also knew how to use an exploit, which is not easy stuff. So Mm -mm. whoever this person is who wrote this email is extremely smart, extremely tech savvy. And they sent the messages through an anonymous remailer, which is actually just a free site anybody can use. They just used it maliciously, but it allows you to send anonymous email messages. So when it is traced, it just comes back to Singapore. So there's no way people can find out because that's the thing how you trace emails like IP addresses. So you can trace the the message usually back to the mail server and so on and so forth. And they also shared the photos um, or the shared photos that they sent. They completely removed any ways of tracing those as well. So they were just extremely tech savvy in order to do that. It's not easy to do. And I'm and I'm a former IT guy and I, I honestly don't even know how to strip metadata from pictures actually i kind of do but but it is pretty pretty advanced sounds advanced and still unconvinced of leho police still insisted the crime was staged but now the fbi was also on the case which i mean at sometimes thank god for the fbi because i feel like the fbi yeah. has to come help out these police departments well, they have more, more resources often than not. And, yeah yeah and they're and they're they're more trained they have special you know more specialized investigative skills right. it's usually kind of the you know, the best of the best go from local to, to federal law enforcement. And as it turned out, despite the kidnapper's sophistication, he ended up leaving a digital trail. He accidentally left a disposable track phone, which was used to call Aaron after the abduction. And the FBI actually reached out to track phone, the maker of the phone, <sighs> and they were able to tell agents that the phone was purchased from a Target store in Pleasant Hill. On March 2nd at 5.39 p.m. And then they probably pulled up the surveillance cam at the Target, I'm sure. Yep. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. And they saw a white male with dark hair and medium build. Wow. Didn't think that one through, buddy. Should have taken your phone with you. Should have just been more careful. Yeah. He was really careful. That seems like such a dumb mistake. Yeah. AT&T. So... They also had AT&T turnover records that showed that the phone had been used within 600 feet of the cell site in South Lake Tahoe. Hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> AT&T ended up turning over records which showed the phone had been used within... I just read that. Oh, you did? Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I just read that whole thing. We are... Here, let me... Let me... But the real break in the case came when the kidnapper struck again, which was on June 5th, 2015, a second home invasion occurred in Dublin, California, which is just east of San Francisco. And once again, a man and a woman were targeted, except this time they fought back and actually drove the masked assailant away. And in his rush to escape, he left behind a different cell phone that was registered to an address in nearby Orangeville, California. So the first phone was just a burner phone, but this was an actual phone registered to the kidnapper. And the police arrested the owner of the phone, Matthew Muller, a 38-year-old recently disbarred lawyer. This guy's a lawyer. He's extremely smart. And Matthew Muller was... Disbarred means they like basically revoke your your lawyer status because you have to take the bar when you... Yeah. So Matthew Muller is 
a Harvard Law School graduate and Marine, which would explain his tactical approach to things. Yeah. And he had actually been a practicing immigration lawyer in San, Fr San Francisco. And in his high or in his most high profile case in 2012, he fought the deportation of an abused woman to El Salvador, spearheading an online petition that garnered over 100,000 signatures. So this guy was very online savvy, tech savvy. And that year, he ended up winning or being named one of the nation's techiest lawyers by a journal. Ah. Because he got so many online signatures. He knew how to work social media. He knew how to do all of that online stuff to really get it out there and spread the information. It's So the journal wrote... Matt is a geek, but he's also doing some interesting things with technology. He has a mobile practice suitcase with a computer printer scanner and projector, all battery powered so he can give pr a presentation anywhere, screen clients, and fill out and print forms. So clearly this dude is all about like making everything efficient and tech and just probably like, a Virgo. Yeah, yeah <laughs> probably. Because like, I feel like that's something I would do. Like, I got to have all these things. got to... It's yeah. got to be super efficient. Or a Gemini. Yeah, or a Gemini. Yeah, smart. crazy Gemini. No, they're just <laughs> smart. That's really smart. And that and that actually was uh, Mueller's ex-wife. His wife was divorcing him. And she was the one that, that told them about his suitcase and that he was a... I mean, he's a, definitely a geek because he knew, like, yeah. hacking stuff. Like, that takes some time to learn, and you definitely got to be techie to get that. And when the FBI searched his home, as well as the home in uh, South Tahoe that he had been staying... A stolen Mustang he was driving turned up as evidence, which strongly tied him to the Mar Island kidnapping, including a pair of swim goggles with tape over the lenses and an empty drop cam box. So two pieces that link him to this, uh, the scene of the crime, the webcam and the goggles, obviously. And in a storage locker that Matthew Muller rented, the FBI found a $40 UDI RC mini quadcopter and a Parrot AR drone which I'm pretty sure the Parrot AR drone is a very, very expensive drone. So this is a professional is level drone. Is that augmented reality drone? No, I don't know what that's. Parrot? A, aerial, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's augmented reality drone. That'd be cool. It'd be cool, yeah. <laughs> I don't think so, but. <laughs> and at this point, the FBI unsealed a criminally or a criminal complaint formally charging Mueller with Huskins abduction. Notice that. The police are literally taking a back seat at this point to the FBI because the FBI is like, get out of our way, amateurs. We got this. We'll solve it. And they charged Matthew Mueller with Denise Huskins abduction, which finally provided vindication for Aaron Quinn and Denise Huskins. Oh, these poor people. After being literally, I can't even imagine like turning on the news and having the news trash you. Yeah. Be like these guys are real life gone girl. This girl yeah. made up this shit. and Kidnapping hoax. Oh. She must have been so, I can't even imagine what she was feeling. And him too. Oh my God. That must have been, I mean. so bad for them. Yeah. That literally traumatizing. Yeah. Meanwhile, this like crazy fuck actually pulled this off. Damn. When you can make your, you're, you know, you're smart and good at this kind of criminal shit. When you can make, you can kidnap someone, almost get away with it and make it look like they kidnapped themselves. That's crazy. It takes serious skill to do that, Dude, I feel like. They're so lucky he screwed up on a few things because... They're lucky, really, that they found his second cell phone, his yeah. main personal one, because yeah. that's how they that's how they got him and right. his address. And if he had taken that and not forgotten that, he may have 
just kind of disappeared and went on with life. Yeah, he totally could have. Or I guess he'd be a fugitive at this point. But that's crazy. But Matthew Mueller's lawyer has claimed that Mueller suffers from a severe form of bipolar disorder. Which makes sense. And in a jailhouse interview with a local TV news station, Mueller stopped short of admitting guilt, but described a worsening mental health situation. He said, I suffer from extreme paranoia and psychosis. It can blur the lines between reality and fantasy in my mind. Uh, And you got to feel bad to some extent for people that I can't even imagine suffering from extreme paranoia. Oh, I feel bad for most of the crimes I talk about. I normally feel bad for the person who did it because normally when you hurt someone, you've been hurt or something's not right with you or you know, and I'm not saying, you know, you should forgive everyone, but like, I just have some compassion there. You know, things are probably pretty fucked up in your life for you to want to like do a crime like this or, you know, especially when you have a victim. Yeah. When it's not that a I feel bad for crime. him. He needs to go to jail, but it sucks to have psychosis and bipolar disorder. That's pr- probably really difficult. And what's even shittier is jail's not going to help him. No. Jail's going to completely ruin his life. Yeah. And this guy was a Harvard law graduate how long is he gonna be in lawyer. jail i'll tell you in a minute <laughs> sorry josh no he was he's <laughs> sentenced to 40 years 40 years yes 40 years to life damn that's a lot that's basically the rest of his life but you know what he raped her so but is rape equal life in prison not life but 40 basically, years 40 i don't know years? 40 years a long time though dude rape i think we should be dealing Jail sentences in months, not years. Yeah, I guess. Because I, I don't, don't know. Think I would say ten years. Especially, I mean, at least. I would do. I would be, agree to forty years if our prisons were like Norway's prisons. Yeah, Re- they were actually built, like they actually people. Right, right. But because it just you just go rot in it, especially if you have mental health. You rot in a cage. Yeah, yeah. In Norway, they seriously do. They let criminals use knives, kitchen knives, Can't cook. And, yeah, and they're killers. They are killer, and they're like jail is actually really nice. And rehabilitating. They've all said that they've gotten yeah. better since being in there. They've helped their mental health. Because normally it's people that have fucked up lives or mental health issues that commit crimes. There's an underlying problem. Yeah, exactly. To, to almost every criminal. No one's born evil. Uh, or... Maybe some. H.H. Holmes was fucking born evil. <laughs> but you got to wonder, was he? Maybe he had some. Maybe he got totally fucked up as a kid. Oh, he did. He was abused. There you go. I'm just saying like. Show me an example of a person that was like literally an upstanding citizen and then they just turn into us like they start doing tons no. of crimes. It doesn't happen. It just doesn't no. happen. Well, he I think some kids are born serial killers, though, because he was like killing animals as like a really young kid, like bunnies but and cats. mental illness. There's yeah, obviously he's some, mentally ill. That's the yeah. thing is like there's it's never like you're just inherently evil. There's a root to that evil. Yeah. It, you know, what's really interesting is like there have been some criminals in the past that they've done after they've died, like people who have committed really heinous crimes. They autopsy their brain and it, it's sometimes fucked up. It is usually fucked up. Yeah. Or their brain chemistry's off or um, there's a tumor, all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, I, I hmm. people really judge me for it. But I, I like to have a little sympathy for God. criminals because you just don't know what it's like to walk in at someone else's shoes, you know. And yes, you have to pay for your crime, but that doesn't mean you can't like offer someone compassion and still punish them. You know, Seriously. And I think the criminal justice uh, the criminal justice system right now is a complete joke and a sham. And it's, it is. it's, it's, it's atrocious. It really is. It's awful. It's really bad. 99% of the time. I think that 
it would be interesting for neural neurologists to do an MRI. Like if every inmate got an MRI CAT scan before being put in prison, especially for life sentences so that they can see whether or not there's something else going on. Cause I'll bet you anything. A lot of inmates have got something going on. Oh yeah. And what if they were actually, instead of just locked in a cage left to rot yeah. for the rest of their life, what if they actually like, there was a way to help them or, or heal them or, yeah. What if we did it that way? How yeah. much better our society is. But then we mm-hmm. wouldn't have we wouldn't really need jails in the form the way they are now. And the fact that there's private prisons, I mean, oh. Oh yeah. I think a lot of people don't even know that. There are a ton of private prisons that are corporations. Corporations. Owned. So they get they only get paid if people are in jail. So they literally make money off of having prisoners. And we're not saying this guy, I mean, he raped her. He definitely needs to be punished fairly. Yes, for absolutely. Sure. But is it is it good to just shove someone when they have all these mental health issues in jail? What just happened with the <laughs> It finally like kind of burst. It burst? No, it didn't burst. Just it's heating up. So. Wouldn't that be wild if it all of a sudden the glass broke and shit went everywhere? You guys would be like, oh my God. We, oh, lava. <laughs> Don't let it get on Bernie. <laughs> Bernie's down here. Right, Mika B? All right. Well, anyway, and the FBI. So, getting back to the story. Yeah. Sorry, sorry we went off on a little, t- a little tangent. You don't have to but... apologize. People like the tangents. They're not really tangents. This They're is not, a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but the FBI noted that they were unsure of how much of these anonymous emails were actually reality versus how much were fantasy, because it was very, you know, kind of braggy. It was like, you know, so yeah, it could just be them bragging about stuff, right? And the FBI also noted that many of the incidents of burglary, theft, and vandalism described in the messages actually align with uh, real-life incidents reported to the police. Uh. And that some of the incidents that were described uh, in postings in the Mar Island section of the community news site next door. Oh, wow. Next door. I'm on that. It's like a neighborhood app. Yeah. So some of the so some of the different things... People report things on there all the time. Right. So I all those like different things may he may have gotten them from yeah. this next door. Wow. Because at least one aspect of the car thieves turned kidnappers uh, narrative at this point is falling apart. And police in Paul, Palo Alto, California, say that Matthew Miller was a suspect in September 2009 home invasion with similarities to the Mar Island and Dublin crimes. And if this is and if this is true, it means that the supposed kidnapping business started long before the email acknowledges. Hmm. but police at this time did not have enough evidence to make an arrest in the initial one. So he did a clean job on that first one in 2009. If it was him, in fact, that or these kidnappers that got Denise, but perhaps the biggest unknown question is whether Matthew Mueller's accomplices, which are mentioned at length in the emails and Aaron and Denise Huskins believe there are more people out there accomplices in this crime but wouldn't denise have seen them she was in a room and only one person visited her the same person ah because like i could see someone maybe he has like some kind of multiple personality type going on where he's just like has other friends because i feel like it would make it harder to to get away with a clean crime when you have multiple hands in the pot so, Absolutely. I mean, the, it the definitely could be. Probability of getting away goes way down. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like he was like an evil genius. And I mean, why would multiple people be, what are they going to split the 8,500? Like, 
Oh, yeah, we each get $2,000 for kidnapping someone. That's worth it. Like, that doesn't make any sense. I know. It, it doesn't make sense. But Aaron and Denise really do believe there was accomplices. And when they initially got woken up, they said they clearly heard and remember shit moving around and people going through shit in the uh, kitchen or in the living room downstairs, like downstairs. Oh, they be. really They really think that. They heard that. Yeah. And actually, in this other 2009 case that they think might link to the be linked to this guy, the victim counted two perpetrators. And but the uh, actual victim only reported that she had seen only one of the suspects, yeah. but she believes she heard a voice of a second. Hmm. For all we know, he could have had like, like a voice, changer. yeah, like a voice yeah. changer, recorder, or something oh, that's totally going on something he would to do, throw it, it off like... to to make us think that. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't he think of that? Yeah. And I think since they, they have all this evidence of him and they were able to track him to all these different things that they would have tracked someone else by now. You know? Yeah. I mean, there would have been, ev there would have been something found at this point. Yeah. Like no one else was at the target with him or he happened to be the one that was on the videotape. It was his phone. He made the purchases. I mean, it kind of seemed like it was his thing. Yeah. And that's the way, that's the way law enforcement has viewed it too, is they, they believe that Matthew acted alone and that kind of imagined um, the other people or just like made it up yeah i mean but they're not saying whether or not they're looking for anyone else it's actually a continuing investigation at this point the fbi yeah. is working on and but, the only reason the case was unsealed and made public was to hopefully further Id the identification of other victims who may have experienced so they're trying to figure out if there's anybody else that he may have uh gotten to or maybe if there's accomplices okay and there is a clip too of Denise and Aaron. yeah, it's just an interesting little news clip, um, and part of their interview, so you guys can hear their words. I think it helps to hear their voice, just like yeah, it does. About. Only on ABC Seven News, the couple at the center of the kidnapping case, the Vallejo Police Department called a hoax, is speaking publicly for the first time. Aaron Quinn and Denise Huskins will be on Good Morning America on Monday. And tonight, we have a sneak peek at that interview. ABC 7 News reporter Melanie Woodrow has covered this story for three years now. And Melanie, the city of Vallejo just agreed to pay that couple $2.5 million, right? Well, Dan and Alma, the settlement hopefully means that Aaron Quinn and Denise Huskins can focus on the rest of their lives. It also means after three years of standing by as they were attacked and called liars, they can now publicly share their truth. Denise Huskins is speaking out in her first on-camera interview since Matthew Muller kidnapped her three years ago. He was guiding me and I thought I was walking to my death. Vallejo police called Huskins' kidnapping a hoax. This is only strange because of law enforcement made it strange. In March of 2015, Muller broke into Aaron Quinn's home, blindfolded, drugged, and bound the couple before kidnapping Huskins. Either I'm gonna hear a gunshot and that's it, or I'm gonna get pushed off a cliff. Huskins says Muller raped her twice before releasing her in her hometown of Huntington Beach. Her pain far from over. Later that same night, Vallejo police held a press conference blaming the victims. The fact that we've essentially wasted all of these resources for really nothing is upsetting. It was only when Muller left his cell phone behind after a Dublin home invasion oh, three months God. later that investigators arrested him in South Lake Tahoe, where they found evidence linking him to Huskins' kidnapping. If they came out and said, this is a kidnapping, followed the evidence, got Denise back, no one would be talking about God, girl, or anything like that. 
Mueller pleaded guilty to federal charges. Last year, a judge sentenced him to 40 years. Now the couple has settled their civil lawsuit against the city of Vallejo for $2.5 million. It's about reaching a number that compensates them, allows them to restart their life. A Vallejo city spokesperson says the city is not in possession of a signed settlement agreement and has no further comment. The couple's attorney says the agreement will be signed soon. As for Quinn and Hoskins, they plan to get married in the fall. You may recall Matthew Muller was not originally charged for sexually assaulting Denise Hoskins. That is changing. On Monday, a Superior Court judge signed a warrant that will be processed by the Solano County Sheriff's Office so that Solano County can bring Muller from federal custody to that county to face new charges, including kidnapping for ransom, two counts of rape, robbery, burglary, and false imprisonment. Wow. In the newsroom, Melanie Woodrow. That's ABC crazy. Wow. He's yeah. going to be fucked. Then. Yeah, he's, he's going to be in forever. He's done. Rightfully so, though. I mean, yeah, that's that's, that's a traumatic experience. I feel experience so bad that for that girl. They're permanently scarred from that. I mean, they're not yeah. going to be able to ever fully come back from that. That's such a traumatic experience. But I'm happy that they're alive and well and yeah. that they're going to get married and continue with their life. And, you know, obviously. Best case scenario for a kidnapping case, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, no, seriously. Like, no it really one died. Is. So it's a great end to a kidnapping case, if you can say that. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they deserve to be compensated. The The city of Vallejo is just that was horrible handling and the police department did a horrible job. And they to this day haven't done a public apology to Aaron and Denise Huskins, <sighs> I don't believe. Trash. They literally only sent a letter, an apology letter to the couple. Oh, my God. I'd be and they so only mad. apologize for the un offensive false statements that were made but they said essentially they would do the same thing over again if they had to which is just basically like sorry but not sorry yeah so they're like Maybe pissed sorry. but hopefully they get the justice they deserve against <laughs> sorry, I, uh, always <laughs> I know you always my mom used to do that like i i, I guess it's good to lighten the mood kids. after a true crime though i always just sing like ran i sing all the time like <laughs> random things but what do you Last thoughts on this case. I mean, terrible. Glad they didn't die. Glad there's an ending to it. I really don't think he had other people involved, but possible. Um, if he did, I think it was a minimal, uh, yeah, sort of minimal effort on the accomplice part. Yeah, it seemed like he really did most of it. Yeah, if not all of it. And and I mean, hopefully, this story has taught a lot of policemen, uh, police departments, a lesson about accusing kidnapping victims or any victims of doing something without like sufficient proof yeah um, and to and to literally as a police department to reach out to other departments to see if anybody else has anything yeah. similar going on the vallejo police department never did that and yeah. if they had done that in the very beginning they would have found out about these other kidnappings they would have found out that there was other stuff going on probably from the same kidnapper and it's possible they could have avoided her getting raped and rescued her far earlier yeah. than the fact that, you know, she got just got released by the kidnapper. The police should have tracked her down, busted in, took him down and rescued her, hopefully before being, you know, sexually assaulted. But hopefully they learn. I hope I hope I hope police get better. I, I feel like I do too. right now in our nation, it's just like with Stephen Clark, like, ah, <sighs> oh, God, Stephen and, Clark, I thought. or Stephen Clark. I'm sorry. And then, um, uh, yeah, it's just if you it's don't know sad. about that. Oh, my God. So sad. This you well, here's a quick overview. But basically, these two police officers thought they were in 
this guy was in his back his aunt's backyard like i think just trying to get into his their house his house it wasn't doing anything yeah, wrong it was at the back door yeah and they came around the whole thing's on video you can look it up aerial too video yeah. of it and he was holding a cell phone and they thought it was a gun and they both fired like 13 bullets right something like that something crazy it was a large number i think it was 20 into him yeah which is like oh my god Fucking like, ruined him. You, Just, you think one oh. or two bullets will will why are you firing yeah, why are you unloading you, like, your he's not shooting it, back yeah he didn't shoot what gives you the right to unload what? your full clip of rounds? Aren't into they supposed him? to like try to shoot like your foot or something before they just try to kill you with twenty bullets? Actually, they teach you to you shoot to when you shoot you shoot to kill. Well, you shouldn't be. But shooting that's the to thing is that someone's not shooting at you. Because think about it, it's harder to like in the heat of the moment. It's harder to like point at their leg and shoot their leg or yeah. you, you know default you're just gonna go yeah. chest or you know this yeah. area. So, but it's just sad that I mean so sad. You need to be absolute. Police need to be absolutely held accountable. The way that I was explained it was, you literally need to feel like your life is you're about to die because there is an imminent threat present that you can clearly see. So a gun, you see a gun being pulled or coming, something like an object yeah. or knife, whatever. Not just you not think maybe. Self, yeah, not maybe that kind of... No, you need to definitively know what it it's is. It's not like he even held up his cell phone and pointed it towards no. him. He just picked up... He just had it in his no, hand. No, oh my God. Oh, I'm so scared. Two versus one also. Yeah, what? And they're armed, they're, they're armed guns out. He has nothing out. No. It's so bad. And it, it, the police need to be retrained across the nation. Yeah. It's It's clear we need to up our requirements for police. We need to weed out the bad eggs better because there's so many good ones dude there's so many great ones so many great role models and you know officer i have nothing daniels, but respect officer norman on instagram yes Josh actually knows officer, officer daniels, daniels personally. yeah he was the security guy at my school my high school <laughs> <laughs> now he's a instagram instagram star, star yeah <laughs> he was a vine star but but yeah they would they would agree with me that the training just needs to get better they need to be more prepared for these types of situations yeah like, and they need to remember this is not war. These are right. civilians. These are civilians. With. Innocent civilians. This doesn't happen in other countries. Yeah. The no. way that it happens here and at, at the frequency that it does. And it's so sad that it seems to be white versus black. It just constantly seems to be that. Well, I mean, how often does something like this happen to a white person? No, I know. Like, or, if for sure. I mean, don't get me wrong. White like, people I think do get killed people, by the police. But, all people get yeah. killed by the police. All people are mistreated by the police. But black people get it the worst. And Absolutely. if you can't like see that, I mean, come on. I think <laughs> there's too horrible. much evidence to suggest that that's a, a fact. That yeah. they are. I mean, I'll tell you from my own personal experience. I, I literally heard police officers with their own word racially profile. And oh, I, I, have two. I've, I have two on my yeah, ride along. Right. Oh, my God. I was so pissed. I did my first ride along in high school. And I was with these two racist cops they were talking shit about poor people we went to the projects they were making fun of them i was just terrible was terrible yeah their attitudes are some of them are really bad attitudes yeah. so just, hopefully like it gets nasty better though people living here i was just like so it's like ugh. you're you're here to serve and protect that's like your motto is yeah. protect some of them and serve. just get on such a power trip dude it's crazy when you get yeah once you have authority and you have a gun and you have all of these things that can be you can use against somebody. Of course, you're going to feel powerful. Yeah. Every, I mean, who, what human yeah. being doesn't? Right. When you have all that. Right. But at the end of the day, you're here to protect, not, not deal out unwarranted justice. Like yeah. this isn't the Wild West where you can yeah. just like, pew, pew, you know, this isn't a gun like a gunslinger or something. It's crazy that this continues to happen 
constantly. And I think this is another big thing that is going to change hopefully in our, our lifetime is our criminal justice system. I hope it completely gets overhauled and we modernize it and update it with, with the rest of the world. Cause clearly things are working out pretty well in Norway and Sweden with their, their, their rehabilitation programs with, you know, their version of jail is just so much more rehabilitating. It's, it's just sad that we continue to see innocent lives lost. And this guy has a family. It's just sad. And it's horrible. the Vallejo Police Department failed Aaron and Denise. And, you know, Stephen Clark was failed by his, the very people that are supposed to protect his neighborhood. And he got murdered. And I don't think I don't even think they're filing charges right now against them. And that's why there's mass protests happening in uh, Sacramento right Dude, now. Dude, fucking good. That's ridiculous. Because it's yeah. They, I watched that footage. I was like, these cops will definitely get. No, they have that's to get in the thing, this time. and that's the thing is the nope. accountability. They put you on paid administrative leave in order to investigate, but it's their own department that's investigating. So of course, the department, in order to protect their reputation and you know the way the rest of the public sees them, they're going to protect their officers most of the time, unless it's literally like blatant, but. Yeah. If it's not, then they can say their argument is the officers felt endangered. They thought it was a gun. Therefore, they decided to shoot him. Well, why didn't you tase him? You guys have tasers, don't yeah, you? Yeah. Tase him. I mean, get close enough to tase him. Boom. Problem solved. A taser will take somebody down and not hurt them yeah. permanently or kill them. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. But I think we'll end it there. Thank you guys so much. Yes, we will end it there. Um, joining us for episode 12. Yes. If you guys love the podcast as much as we do, go on iTunes or any platform that you listen to it on or on YouTube, like, subscribe, comment, share our podcast. Leave a rating and review if you can or if you want to. We really appreciate it. Yes. It does help us out. And thank you to everyone who's done so. Seriously. Yes. Shout out to y'all. Shout the out real to y'all. But that's it for us. Yes. We hope you guys are having a great day and we will see you in our next podcast. Stay woke. Stay woke, friends. <laughs> I'm tired of care. Love never gave me.